lie in the cold waters of gravel beds within the flowing creek. A spot in the clear waters where a new cycle of life will begin. Swimming down Lagunitas Creek to meet yet another migration. Quiet, isolated bodies of water once noisily occupied by people now welcome me as I leap past this winter season. Life within the forested walls of Lagunitas Creek proves plentiful and balances a nurturing ecosystem. An ecosystem where water and all it affiliates with rely on one another for flourishment. This reliance could, in a sense, be a form of love we have yet to understand between the intersections of human consciousness and natural integrities. Botanist Robin Wall Kimmerer beautifully stated in her book, Braiding Sweetgrass. Being naturalized to a place means to live as if this is the land that feeds you, as if these are the streams from which you drink, that build your body and fill your spirit. To become naturalized is to know that your ancestors lie in this ground, here. You will give your gifts and meet your responsibilities. To become naturalized is to live as if your children's future matters, to take care of the land as if our lives and the lives of all of our relatives depend on it. Because they do. A love for the water that my body soaked. A love that I must now come to understand is a love formed by the nourishment the environment has given me. And yet, to stay, I have educated myself on the local ecology I oh so closely face would be a lie. If only I had explored the other side of the bridge in my summer days. An understanding of environmental integrities and knowledges for Earth is one I seek to explore with you as we uphold these roles as agents to the environmental minds. I have taken it upon myself to bridge my responsibilities as a spirited being by educating myself and all that are around me. Hey, it's Sam. Welcome to what I hope you find is an enticing and imaginative escape from my current reality. Today, I want to further focus on Lagunitas Creek and a little place we call the Inkwells. The Inkwells are swimming holes that carry a heavy presence of people during the summer, myself included. Traveling feet of mine wandered the rocky masses around me. What's past the bridge remained a mystery, for the most part. So this winter, I spent my time field journaling and practicing meditation within the Lagunitas Forest. With a closer inspection of Lagunitas Creek, I was able to observe spawning salmon and environmental integrities at play. As you're listening, I'm sure you may notice my use of integrities when referring to the environment. And by this, I mean ecological systems that support the natural processes of environmental factors and external agents. Quick side note, I want to state that by saying external agents, I really mean human involvement. I questioned many things in my previous podcasts, such as what agents cause the changes in water quality from the murky swimming holes to clear blue water of the Lagunitas Creek it meets. 
in terms of the things that are impacting coho in the Lagunitas Creek watershed, water quality, there's no real evidence that water quality is, uh, is having a negative impact. Well, you guessed it. The main forces that drive these changes reside within our ecological consciousness and acknowledgement of environmental forces. They're much more impacted by loss of habitat for, for all of the different life stages from smolts going out and the adults coming back to spawn. Human involvement and research on such changes can be seen through our efforts to monitor bacterial contaminants. I'm Eric Etlinger. I am the aquatic ecologist for the Marin Municipal Water District. Water districts such as Marin Waters are in charge of observing Lagunitas Creek and the life cycles of four breeds of salmon. The pink salmon, chum salmon, Chinook Salmon, and the Coho Salmon. Joining me today, I have Eric Etlinger, a member of the Marin Water District who has participated in the Lagunitas Creek Salmon Observation. So again, thank you for joining me. Um, I've been doing recent trips to Lagunitas Creek um, and I've been looking at it as like a whole and I've been going to the extension, which we call, you know, the inkwells. Um, And those are like famous swimming holes for people to bathe about. Um, And I just want to know if I could ask you if you know more about the relationship behind that, because I know they connect, but what's the relationship there? So the Lagunitas Creek watershed is unusual because, for one, it's so close to San Francisco, gets a lot of visitation. Part of the watershed is pretty heavily developed. So there's a tributary called San Geronimo Creek that is mostly residential and it it joins into Lagunitas Creek at a place called the Inkwells, which is a series of bedrock pools. That's a really popular place for people to swim. Even though it's essentially the exit point of the valley, everybody has septic systems. So it's a, the, the water quality in the Inkwells is really gross. It's still a very popular swimming spot. And so despite all of the visitation and the development in the watershed, uh, the coho persists in, in San Geronimo Creek and throughout the watershed. So no. In the case of the murky bacteria infested swimming holes, our presence over the years bathing was not the factor behind this change. Rather, it was sewage spills that occurred roughly around 2018. Sewage spills and contaminants such as scrap metals, garbage, and improper management of the watersheds has caused three recreational sites in Marin to fail the state's recreational quality tests. So what involvements do humans have in the preservation of successes within the water quality? So saying that, I'm assuming that the um, contaminated waters didn't have that much of a negative effect on spawning this season. Right. And what strategies are being placed in order to ensure species such as the salmon are not affected by changes in the water quality. One issue for the future is water temperature. So Lagunitas Creek is the southernmost wild coho population in the world. And at the southern end of this range, it's really kind of at their tolerance level for warm water. And moving forward, climate change, as a lot of species ranges are shifting north, I think there's going to be more pressure put on the southern populations of coho, particularly the Lagunitas Creek population. Are we still considered in the spawning season or is that i know it was popular in like february coho spawn they usually start in november and they spawn through january occasionally you know there'll be a few um 
late fish that spawn in early February. But at this point, we're, we're done with the coho spawning season. There's another salmonid steelhead, which are spawning now. When asking Eric about the spawning season to come, he remained hopeful and sure of the salmon's abilities to endure the season. Was it successful? Um, can you state why that would be? This year's coho run was fine. It, it's really hard for me to describe this year's run because it was below average, but an improvement from the parent generation three years ago. So coho have a three-year life cycle. So the parents of this year's fish spawned three years ago. The, the young fish spent a year and a half a year and a half in the stream. They went out to the ocean, spent about a year and a half in the ocean, and then they came back as three-year-olds. So what we do is we sort of, we track fish, you know, in three-year increments. So compared to three years ago, we had a larger run. So we like to see that generational improvement. You know, a population of 350 is, is, is quite small, but to see the glasses half full, it was an improvement. Although the coho salmon aren't spawning as rapidly as in previous cycles, they have come to endure changing factors, such as the ones Eric pointed out. So then speaking of like other natural forces and whatnot, like I said, I was visiting, I saw that after those heavy windstorms we had, a bunch of trees fell over and like were all submerged in like the creek. Do you know if that had an effect? More wood is good, in fact. Oh, wow. I have almost never seen a natural log jam that fish couldn't get around. Maybe under some flow conditions, it will block fish, but as soon as we get some rain and water comes up, if the water can find a way through, the fish will too. And then those trees in the summertime are great nursery areas for young fish, so. Nature is a badass. We're actually doing a lot of work to put more logs in reeds. One of the things that coho are, are lacking is that shelter from predators that they get in, uh, in log jam. Interesting, yeah. Okay, I didn't know that because I, I would look at that and I'd think, is anyone going to pick this up? Like, what's going on? Because it's just a huge amount. I was like, doesn't that get in the way and like make it harder for them to swim through? But very nice to hear that it doesn't do that. The fallen trees that fell into the creek had previously concerned me about the salmon's ability to spawn. For, for years and years, biologists would clear out wood from streams thinking that it was a barrier to migration and they quickly learned that salmon populations were declining and the, the streams that were left alone and that were you know messy and full of logs were actually the best salmon streams because the young fish had all that shelter and also places to rest because you know, the flows in those jams are, are much slower and so in the end, my observations for environmental integrities expanded my understanding on human-to-environment interactions. The changing flows of creek is dependent not only on seasonal changes, but our efforts with the watershed system in place. Water systems we have created throughout Lagunitas Creek showed changes in the water, yet it was the salmon's integrities to adapt to the flows that ensured their success. Thank you so much for joining me. My pleasure. And as the salmon feed their souls through their environment, I feel as though we too should carry with us these gifts of recognition. I leave you all with a sense of encouragement to engage with the environment you hold dear to you. Question not only the beauty she holds, but the abilities she carries. 
This to me was my moment to speak to my environmental consciousness. A moment to become naturalized and grow my affinity for the waters below me. Do fish ever feel cold? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sam, and you're listening to Sheltered Spring.